Hi, my friends. I am so beyond excited for today's episode with Kristen Lore. We just wrapped this up and it was probably one of the best episodes I have recorded with a guest in a few months to be totally open and honest. It was powerful. It is vulnerable. It is open. We share a lot of things that we don't normally share with people in our following. So I hope you really enjoy this one. Kristen Lore is a life coach, writer, and podcast host living in Chicago. Her Instagram, We Are Soul Sparks, provides daily inspiration for thousands by reminding us that we are worthy of a big, brave life. Through her one-on-one coaching, Kristen helps women who are fed up with their own bullshit get unstuck and out of their own way. She wholeheartedly believes that by letting go of what is no longer serving us, we can finally embrace our lovely, messy humanness. Today's review of the week comes from Laura 23 and she says so real and raw with five stars Maddie you are awesome I love your latest podcast discussing anxiety and your dating experience I felt like you were talking about myself and my experiences so good to hear someone else is going through the same things I have in life and coming out stronger well Laura 23 if you like hearing about anxiety and dating experiences you are going to love today's episode Kristen and I get really deep and vulnerable about, first of all, vulnerability and about our dating life, whereas I am consistently open to creating a intimate, consistent relationship. Kristen has been on the opposite spectrum where she has been really focusing on herself. And we share some of the feelings we have around where we are in our lives when it comes to dating and relationships and working on our own businesses. So I think you're going to really love this episode and I'm eager to get started. So the only announcement that I have today is to let you guys know that as always, Audible and I have paired up for this podcast. So if you would like to get a free audio book where you can just listen on the go in your car, wherever you may be, you can go to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings to get a free book and a free 30-day trial. I would recommend that you get The Red Tent, anything by Brene Brown that is available on there, The Untethered Soul, or just about any other any other book we've ever mentioned on the podcast if it's available on the audiobook selection. So y'all enjoy that. Let me know which book you choose to get. And I think it's time we just go ahead and head on over. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. All right, y'all, we are back with Miss Kristen Lore, who I adore on Instagram. She has a wonderful account. You're probably familiar with it. We are Soul Sparks. 
Every single day, Kristen is sharing some of the most inspirational quotes, things that just hit you in the heart, and you're like, yep, mm-hmm, I relate to that. So Kristen's account has always been that for me. I, I say always as if it's been my entire life. It's been <laughs> always as if this past year that I have found a lot of comfort in the work that Kristen is doing in this world. And besides that, she's just a glowing, lovely soul. So I'm so excited to have you on the show today, Kristen. Well, Miss Maddie Moon, thank you so much. That was so nice. Um, love, love you as well. It goes both ways here. I've been listening to your podcast for like forever. Um, so this is so exciting. Your Instagram account, like I'm so, I'm so interested how it's like, it's just like totally boomed. Like it's huge. <laughs> how did, how quickly did that happen? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. So I've had it for, it will be two years in December. Um, and you know, just kind of start. So like the whole history of this, I followed a couple of my favorite, what I call Insta blogs, um, like mindful MFT, create the love. Um, I am her tribe, like all these people that were kind of doing kind of some debriefs underneath their Instagrams. I was obsessed with, and I was like, you know what? I can probably do that too. So I just kind of started on the whim on whim and like it literally snowballed so quickly and it's, it's legit crazy. Like I can't, it sometimes I'm like, this is so weird to me. <laughs> I love that. I think that's the best way to do it is when it's organic. I mean, it's totally fine to have a mission and a goal. Totally. Like, yeah. I'm going to create something huge. But it's also really cool whenever you're like, this is inspiring. I want to inspire the shit out of myself. So I'm going to create an account <laughs> yeah. that I like, like create the thing that's not there that I want. And then boom, everyone else is like, oh, you did what I wish you would do. And it's amazing. And I love it. I think that's cool. Yeah, no, and that's exactly what it was. Like, I remember being like, okay, what do I need to hear today? If I were going to give myself a pep talk, like, what would I need to hear? And like, I, I'm such like a Pinterest geek too. So I had like, like for like since 2012, I have like this whole quote board on Pinterest and I'd always send my friends quotes. They're going through a breakup or like whatever. Right. And so I'm like, okay, what does, you know, what does my friend Jen need to hear right now? And I'll just write it for her and just like post it for the world. And like, that's totally like how I literally did it. So <laughs> see, I think this is really beautiful because when people become coaches or they're just starting out and they're like, I want to be a coach and like, Oh my God, like this is scary. I have to give people advice or blah, blah, blah. I think the best way to approach it and the way I always return back to is like what do I want to hear either now or what did like five year ago me want to hear or exactly what you said like this girl who reached out to me on email she's going through a hard time in this arena what does she need to mm -hmm. hear it's like that's how you can create a lot of inspiration for what you're going to do on a podcast show or a blog post or an Instagram post whatever it may be it's like instead of going into the endless depths of your brain and try to pull out random things, like what happened today that you can write something really quick about that's inspiring yes. to someone? It's so simple. Yes. And like the energy of that is so beautiful, right? Because it's, it really is like this openness, like it's this open energy. Um, and it's, it's, I, there is a time and place for like, you know, seven strategies for doing whatever, like, you know, whatever, like there's definitely a time and place for that. And we still are in a world that loves kind of those actionable, digestible things. But I think just like you're saying, if you just get really real and be like, what do I need to hear? Let me just kind of word vomit it out. That tends to be what I found, at least things that like really hit people in the gut and like that. And it also takes off the pressure because it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. So it's like what today I think consistency is so key. Like I think that's how I grew it really fast. But it was also like, once again, like I just was writing about like what today did I need here? And that was it. Mm -hmm. And I think like the, one of the reasons why people hesitate to do that, and I'm sure you're very familiar with this, mm -hmm. at least in the beginning is because whenever you need to hear something, so 
uh, for example, I released a podcast, um, when this airs, it'll be two podcasts ago about like emotional abuse and relationship. Mm-hmm. And like, I spoke about, I did that podcast from a place of experience. So if you're all nervous about people seeing the real you, like knowing <laughs> what you're going through, that you're not perfect, like then you can't create stuff like that. And it takes time, right? Like the first time you do it, you're like, oh shit, I'm going to be seen. Ah. Uh huh. And if you, so Kristen, if you post something about a breakup and, and like you're being vulnerable to the world, knowing that you don't have relationships perfectly Mm -hmm. or you're feeling struggling, you're struggling in this area of life. And it's, it's really empowering to come from a place of that pure vulnerability and let go of the, oh no, do I need to look like I'm perfect and have everything together to get the kind of clients I want? Because chances are no. The more you're real, the more you're vulnerable. Not only is it A plus health for you, <laughs> like being able to be vulnerable, that is so healthy and freeing, but it's also something that makes people come to you. Like they relate to you and you, you mm-hmm. say the exact thing they needed to hear at the exact time they needed it because we're all in this together and we're all going through yep. the same struggles. Preach. Like that's exactly right. And I think there's this, and I talk this a lot about this on my podcast too, because I talk to a lot of people like, you know, like yourself, um, who are, who are healers, you know, in whatever way that is for them. Right. And I, I think it's such a unique balance of like, healing as a healer and what that means for people. And I don't know, I've never been, I've always been pretty okay with talking about some things that are going on, but I also think the vulnerability is really, really subjective. Like what feels, so like my real vulnerable things, like I have a hard time talking about, but some things that are like maybe vulnerable for other people, to me, they don't seem that scary. So I can share about those too. And that's, I think like we can't compare what we're going through what's vulnerable for us or what like is crazy hard for us or whatever to anybody else because we don't know because it's so different for everyone that's kind of a tangent but does that make sense (laughs) no that's really true and i actually do want you to dive in deeper into that because that's not something we've talked about in the show is like yeah there there's vulnerability right but that's very very true and i haven't actually thought about that that what's vulnerable to me it might not really be vulnerable to other people or vice versa. So what, what is that for you then? What is like something that's, you know, typically pretty open and out there for other people, but not for you? Yeah. So I think like, I think sometimes these are things that you're still trying to figure out. Like I've had, so there's some stuff that I've, I've struggled with with like my weight and I've, I've been open about that, but I think it like, it goes deeper into what that means for me. And like, I've had a couple things recently, just seeing how deep it does go and like how much it stops me from like, you know, dating or whatever. And I think that there's little like nuggets of like, oh, discomfort that I just completely have trained myself to just gloss over that I'm starting to like unpack a little bit. Like this is so crazy, but like I just realized that like I will be like walking by people on the street and like, well, like like hustle by them so they don't like see me or like I hate people walking behind me. And like, I'm like, oh my God, like I am so I think about this all the time. And then I'm like, well, shit, like I'm someone who's like helping other people be seen and like whatever. And I'm like, I am living my life. Like I'm a fraud. Like I have those moments of like, oh shit. But then I'm like, no, 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 this is good. This is really good. Like I wasn't aware of this before. I'm going to unpack this. And like, I think once I unpack it, then I'm able to share it better. And I also think that like side note, sometimes we just got to like boil it down to what the actual like humanness is of it. Right. So it's like, wait, to me is a whole thing of how it manifests for other people. It might be money for other people. It might be love and intimacy and sex. Like it, it's, you know, but weight's my thing. But if we boil that down, 
the real shit is like, I don't feel worthy. I feel super uncomfortable in my skin because of X, Y, Z. And like that, that's the nugget that like when I write, like I write from that place versus like maybe some of the more, not like surface level, but like the way that they actually manifest. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. This is so funny because I had this very similar realization recently. I was talking with a girlfriend. So I think my, like my area, that's very, it's harder for me to talk about than other areas. Like same, like I can talk about weight. I can talk about body image. I can talk about my eating disorder from my past, like all that stuff. Perfectionism, black and white, conservative household. Yeah, cool. All day long. But what's harder for me as of recently has been relationships and like talking about that. And like you were saying, like there's the deeper level. So I was having a conversation with a girlfriend the other day about relationships and, and it's, it is hard for me to talk about on my show to people listening because I, I do help people with relationships. And I think that's Mm -hmm. one of my struggles is that I'm a very emotionally available person who's very open, is very like wholehearted, um, very, very, very trusting. And so this Mm -hmm. past year, anyone who's been following the show, including you, maybe if you've heard this, I've had a lot of like, Oh, this person I'm dating, blah, blah, blah. And then like, never mind, like a week later or something terrible has happened. Like I've had really awful experiences just in this one year of relationships. And that's harder for me to talk about because I get, I get fearful that people will see me as like this back and forth. Like I'm dating, I'm not dating, I'm dating, we're in love. We're not in love. Like I'm like, I don't want to be seen that way. And, and I'm not that person either, but I do get very vulnerable around, around, I feel very vulnerable when I share anything about relationships because that's a, because like what you were saying, there's like the, the deeper thing. Like what I was saying as I was having this conversation with a girlfriend, she was like, oh, well, you know, this all goes back to a worthiness, uh, wound. And I was, my gut instinct was no, like, no, Mm -hmm. I've, the worthiness stuff I've solved, blah, blah, blah. But throughout the night, like we hung out a little longer and a couple hours later, I started thinking about it and I was like, holy crap this probably does go back somehow to some sort of worthiness thing because I keep attracting and choosing and and falling into the same patterns of very emotionally unavailable men. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I'm attracting. So, yeah, wow, this is really deep and intense already. I love this conversation. (laughs) I know, we're just like diving right in, whatever. It's like both our speeds. And I think what's so interesting, I think you bring up a really good point. And this is something I'm actually, like, I struggle with because I go the opposite. Like, I haven't been on a date in, like, two years. Like, that's an issue. Like, that's not, like, I need connection. And I've just kind of been like, nope, I'm focusing on my business. And, like, whatever. No, Kristen. Like, you're just, like, being a little asshole and not putting yourself out there. (laughs) But, like, what you're talking about, too, is also, it's, like, it's real time. And I do think that there's I think this is where it goes back to the level of comfort. Like it's okay to not share what you're going through real time, but if you don't want to, you know, Mm -hmm. but also if you feel like it could benefit people and if it's helping you, I think that's a beautiful level of vulnerability. But of course, like that's really scary because you don't know how it's going to end. It's not like you're reflecting on this, you know, a year later, like when you're in it, it's the highs and the lows. And I think that is such a vulnerable place. Yeah, exactly. It's, I don't share everything like the details of what has happened this past year. No one really knows. So like I've had things happen. I don't share that, but I will try to look at the whole situation as much as I can and be like, okay, how can I pull something out of this? That's going to be helpful and not just me talking on, you know, talking into a microphone about something that really doesn't make any sense. How can I pull out a message without giving the nitty gritty details? Because I I also get kind of, I don't know if you feel this way, but I also get kind of, uh, I feel kind of weird whenever people are like comforting me, 
Like if I share something yes. horrible yes, on yes, my yes. on my podcast and then I get emails from people saying like, I'm so sorry you went through that, blah, blah, blah. Like it's so sweet, but I almost get a little weird around that. So sometimes I don't want to share the details so that people aren't you know coming out and comforting me because like I am always like, I'm the coach. I, I want to be here for you. And then sometimes I get very specific on who's going to be doing that for me. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. And you know what's so interesting? I even have some resistance when, or even like I would say embarrassment. Like sometimes I feel embarrassed and like, and I guess that's shame, but it's like, I remember there's been times like when I've, I've posted, actually, I probably did like really recently. Sometimes I just, I forget like what I talk about. And once and I haven't been through a breakup recently at all, like I'm, cause I'm not, my issue is I'm not putting myself out there to begin with, but like, I've been writing a lot about breakups or moving on or whatever. And I've had some people be like, okay, like, are you okay? Like, what are you going through? And for some reason I get so embarrassed and I, like my instant reaction is to want to type back like, oh no, no, it's not me. It's not me. I'm good. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Cause like, even though it's not me necessarily, that like reaction is really interesting and I I think it's something of like it does it feels like really exposed and I don't like I like to be the one in charge right it's a control issue of like I'm the one who cares for you you don't do that to me and I'm just not yeah that dynamic is really interesting you just hit the nail on the head with that that's what it is and like I I didn't want to use the word embarrassment right but it is Mm -hmm. embarrassment and it is like Mm -hmm. that that feeling whenever someone says something really sweet to me and and, or comforting or nourishing whatever it may be I'm just kind of like no 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 I'm fine like I'm really fine I've moved on blah 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 and then some people will be like, be kind to yourself. And I'm like, dude, I am kind to myself, like in my head. <laughs> and then I'm like, why am I responding this way? Totally. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I can relate so much to that. And I, I do think it's like, it's such, and this is like a thing that I've, I wonder if you've always felt this way. Cause I remember like going back and this is what Brene says, like Brene Brown, I'm just call it Brene first name basis. You we know, all know. <laughs> we, we got it. <laughs> um, but like when she's saying you can't like, you can't avoid, if you avoid shame, like you avoid joy, like you can't do one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like, even like I wouldn't tell people or my parents like that I was going out for a certain place, certain parts in plays. Like I wouldn't want anybody to know what I was doing. I would like low key try, try out for all these things, not tell anyone about it. And then it's like, and that's, so then it's like, people wouldn't be disappointed or I wouldn't feel embarrassed if I didn't get something. Right. And I feel like even like with like crushes, like I wouldn't tell anybody about it because if it didn't work out, I didn't want anybody to know. And that's fine. Except like, that's really lonely because you, you, I mean, yes, like people don't know and they, like there's maybe not so much embarrassment, but like they also can't celebrate in your joy if you do get something because they didn't even know that you really wanted it and they can't comfort you if you are upset. So it's like, that can be a very lonely space that we have to really be careful about. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I relate to this as well. Like when I go, when I go on dates now, I'll normally like tell my mother, but I'll give her a guideline. I'm like, okay, I'm telling you now I'm going on a date, but don't ask me about it again. I will be the one to bring it up again. Yep. <laughs> like. I like have to, and I don't know if I would say that's necessarily bad. Um, I, I think, I think it's somewhere in the middle. It's not bad, but it's not good either because I, yeah. I feel like I, I'm really like there, there's such a, this is such an interesting topic dating in general because like I crave the two words that I've narrowed down to is I crave consistency and intimacy. Mm. And that's exactly what I crave in all areas of my life. And so what my coach has really helped me to realize is that when I am looking for trying to create a relationship with intimacy and consistency, the ones that are not going to work out a surefire way to know if it's not the right relationship with me 
or with them is when I am searching for that, trying to make it happen and it's not there. And I abandon consistent consistency yep. and intimacy with everything else in my life. So maybe I stop being consistent with my work or I stop slowing down with my clients and getting really intimate and, and diving deeper into them. So if I'm letting go of all those, all those things in my life that make me me to create it with another person, no, no, no. That's when I'm trying totally. to create something normally and typically with an emotionally available person. So, if I find myself in a relationship where I can truly stay married and committed and consistent and intimate with my business, my family, my joys, my self-care, and include another person into that, good, I'm on the right track. Um, so that that whole thing is like I, I'm learning this, which has been good, but mm. sometimes I try to keep these things to myself or I put up, like I was saying, these guidelines and boundaries for my family members because I'm so afraid of like letting them know and then getting my hopes up and then telling them the same old, same old story of like didn't work out. Like the, the last guy or someone that I was seeing for about a year, you know, it's the whole story of like, you hear people and they're like, oh, yes, when I first saw him, I knew I was going to marry him. I knew it was going to you're like, oh, that's so romantic. And then you start saying that about people and then you're embarrassed mm-hmm. after, after like you're like, oh, yeah, he's the man of my dreams. I'm going to marry yep. him. And then you realize you're not going to and you're not that story that you hear about all the time. Well, you know, and I think what we have to do is look at those those relationships as once again you had that feeling and I think that feeling like the butterflies and that connection and that like the deep, like there's magic in those connections and it doesn't diminish it just because it doesn't, it doesn't last for X amount of time, you know? And so it's like, I think I tell people all the time and especially my close friends, like when, you know, cause I, I try to be, I both am like, I'm, such a romantic but I'm also a super big like realist I'm like the most positive person mm-hmm. ever so I don't I'm not like a realist like you know pessimist I'm like just like okay let's devil's advocate almost I would say I have a lot of Libra in my chart <laughs> um but uh, okay so like when people are getting super excited you can tell if they're kind of afraid to fall for someone and I'm like well here's the deal no matter what, I'm glad that you had this experience because it reminds you that there's this feeling out there, right? Like it reminds you that you can feel this way towards someone. If it doesn't work, that's okay. But just, you didn't know that this person even existed, you know, two weeks ago or whatever it is, right? So I think it's just such a beautiful reminder that like there is those magical connections out there, even if it doesn't last a long time. And it's not supposed to. That's like, you know, it's, you know, not everything's supposed to be super long lasting, I know exactly. And I think that you being a realist probably are on the same page as me with this because I've, I'm just, I'm now starting to really, really, really let go of this forever mentality and attachment. Mm-hmm. And, and like it, I feel like that, I mean, it's good. It's really good that I've spent a lot of my life being open and vulnerable and in love with the idea of love. Like that's mm-hmm. great. I don't think there's anything bad in that, but I think that my life lessons are helping me to grow into a person who's going to experience less pain in the future because I'm learning that some people come into your life for like truly, truly learning that it's a season, a reason and a lifetime. Yes. And if I go into everything, if I, if I come out of a date that feels really good and immediately jump to, this is the man of my dreams, we're going to marry each other, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I'm setting myself, I could be potentially setting myself up for a lot of pain because of that attachment, the attachment to the idea versus going into a date and leaving being like, that was a beautiful experience. I hope there's more, you know, like, yeah. and not having to go to this, this finality of like, I hope there's more for the rest of my life until I die. And instead just being like, I hope there's more, we'll see where it goes. And like, I think that's a good realist mindset to have that 
you know, it's not necessarily the devil's advocate, but it's like, here's what's, what's like very realistic as like, there's a few people in this world that I could really see myself living with forever and like yeah. settling down with. And he could be one, he might not, but let's yeah. just enjoy the time we have. And, and I think it's also good to have this to an extent to have this like me mentality, like me, 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 yes. what do I want? And yes. that's another thing my girlfriend like pointed out to me. She was like, she's this very, very free spirited, like, open, loving, cuddly, dancing, like just the kind of person that has good vibes totally. and flirts with the world. Like she flirts with everyone and it's awesome to witness. And she was giving me some feedback saying that I, I'm very like, hmm, like put together, very prim and proper. And she's like, you need more flow and like more freedom and like flirtiness, like without even knowing the person. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so not me, but why not? Let's try this out. But I forgot where I was going with that. But yeah, she's, <laughs> <laughs> I was going somewhere very like specific, but it's cool. Well, it sounds like it's like she doesn't have attachment to outcome, right? So mm -hmm. I feel like when a lot of what you're talking about is like, and I think it's okay to get excited. The other thing I was going to ask you, so I, um, part of my coaching and part of my training, even when I was in corporate, is I, I do a lot of work with StrengthsFinder, which is a personality assessment that I'm obsessed with. It's like the best thing ever. Um, but like what I find is that like people that tend to go, you know, really far in the future and kind of be attached to that, um, if it's kind of in an immature way, you get super attached to that, you know. I go out a couple of times with you and all of a sudden I see our, you know, our wedding and our kids and all that stuff. But p these are people that tend to be like futuristic. These are people that tend like in every aspect of their life, they might go there. You know, they kind of see what could be. They see the possibilities They and they do that really quickly. And so it's like a lot of times I'm telling people like you're it's not we don't need to fight the fact that you're like this because your brain's probably going to do it no matter what. Like you're probably going to go there really quickly. And that's OK, because like that's maybe you see that in your business or you see that in different aspects of your life. We don't need to change that. I think it really then becomes the attachment to the outcome saying like, it's okay to picture this, but just really try not to have the attachment to that. Does that make sense? Yes, 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 yes. I think that's what I'm, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like mm -hmm. allowing yourself totally. to be who you are. Don't force yourself to change. But like, I think maybe too, it comes down to being in the moment. Like, mm. let yourself dream about the future. I do think that's good. I don't want to kill people's vibes or, like, their spirit. And I, I know that's not going to change about me. Like, I say mm -hmm. I've learned these lessons, but I, I, I still do it. Like, I still do that all the time. And in some ways, that really, really serves people. That's what gets you ahead in business. That's what gets you to yeah. create a business and then totally. to increase yes. your income. So it's, like, not a bad thing. It's a great thing, but I think when it comes to relationships, if you allow yourself to be open to other doors, maybe that's, yes. maybe that's yes. how it is. It should be seen. It's like allowing yourself to have dreams and goals, and this is in all aspects of life, but being open to other doors opening and some closing, same thing with relationships. Like allow yourself to dream and have goals and ideas about this person that you're seeing, but like also be open to things being differently than you expected and other doors opening. Cause maybe, you know, he's a wonderful person, but he'll introduce you to someone else at a party. And it's like another door opens. That's a better fit for you. I don't know how it's going to go, but yes. remaining open and, and unattached. I love that way of thinking. It just unattached. Yeah. And I think this goes for both people that are kind of those future thinking people that do get attached really quickly, you know, to the idea of something. And I also think this goes for people that maybe get stuck in the past and have a hard time letting go of, of people from their past. And both in both cases, people tend to forget that, like, once again, they didn't know these people before they knew these people. And so I think it's just so important to remember, like, 
you're going to meet new people. New people will come into your life and you will feel this way again. And that's exactly what you're saying. I think of like, you know, you don't know who you're going to meet tomorrow. You know, that will be, that could just be the perfect, perfect fit for you. So I, I love everything about what you're saying. Yeah. Wow. That was so good. Okay. So I am, I am curious then, like, so two years, not even a single mm-hmm. day. How, how, yeah. how have, like, how, like I, yeah. How? Okay. So this is, this is what I think is so interesting. Like I'm just, I never, I'm not someone who's felt like I needed to have someone with me. Right. I feel like I'm always been pretty independent and like, not in a way that from a negative space or like, kind of fear and like defensiveness sometimes it can go into that I think if I get super in my head about I don't know like my weight or whatever but like even like growing up like I didn't feel the need to have a boyfriend like I didn't feel the need to to you know to really whatever like I'm still I would I would I still see myself getting married but I'm not attached to that either like I've just I've never felt so pulled to that so I think just baseline I feel like that's my personality, if that makes sense. So that's what that makes a little bit more sense in terms of like why I can go so long without a date. Like it's not, I don't know, necessarily like my favorite thing to do either. Do you have roommates or do you live by yourself? I live by myself and that's getting a little bit too much. So like I, I'm an ambivert. I'm like on a Myers-Briggs. I'm like one person extroverted, but like I need a lot of alone time too. And I talk to people all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, it's it's beautiful, but it, it does like it leaves me wanting my own space, my own alone time. So like I live by myself, but I also like, you know, I talk to people over the phone for coaching and now I'm learning I need to really try to find a way to do in person connections. I went like two weeks without seeing someone like in person. And I'm like, oh my God, like that is so not healthy. <laughs> Whoa, so you didn't even leave your home? I left my home. I just didn't like talk to anybody. Oh, you know, gotcha. like I didn't like I didn't like hang out with a friend or anything like that. Like I just was like I would take walks and like go to workouts or whatever, but I just didn't, you know, really have one-on-one yeah. time. That's interesting. So I live alone too and I have a dog. So they give me, he gives me a lot of company, but I think that's one of the reasons why I love to date is because like I am, I, I am an extrovert and I love being around people and I can be around my friends and I'm always around my family and like you, I'm coaching all day long. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like the thing for me that like I, there's a lot of reasons why I continuously put my heart out there and I continuously date. Like I'll say that I'm going through a break, but normally when I say, when I say I'm going through a break from dating, I mean, I'm going through a break from looking for a relationship, but I'm still dating. Like I'm still going out. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Because I love, I just, I love the energy of dates. I love the, the flirtiness. I love the romance in the air. And I like, even if I'm not like looking for a relationship, I love to feel seen by like the opposite sex. And I really love masculine energy. I love masculine men. And I don't mean like big muscles and tattoos, but I just mean like, I love men. Like I just, I love being around that opposite energy. And I feel like it gives me a lot of perspective and it makes me feel more feminine. And that's not to say you don't first learn to cultivate that within yourself because yes, so true. You become your Prince Charming, you become your goddess and your warrior. And that's so important to have a foundation but that's not to say that anyone who craves to be around that energy should be shamed. And it's not to say that anyone who's fine to be on their own for two years and not go out and dating should be shamed. Like we are yeah. all doing what's best for us. But when we find that we're maybe looking for something out of desperation or we're avoiding something out of desperation, that's mm-hmm. when we come to look at these things and ask ourselves why. Perfectly said. Like that is exactly right. Like that's exactly right. And I think that once again, 
I bet your audience will totally relate to this too because if they're listening to this, they're probably very self-aware. I think sometimes we just got to like calm the fuck down and be like, okay, am I really like for myself, I, I can get into these, like these cycles of like, oh my gosh, am I avoiding this? Am I, what is this? And like, where did this come from? Have I always, and like I can overanalyze into like feeling there isn't a problem when there really isn't a problem. Like honestly, for the past two years, like I've been building a business and yes, I'm sure that sometimes I can use it as an excuse to not be seen. But a lot of times I'm like, I just don't, that's not where I feel pulled. I'm not, that's not where I feel like I need to go. And that's cool. And like, there's no, there's no shame in that, but I don't know. Is that a tangent? What were we talking about? <laughs> no, I think that's perfect. Like that's that's so true, and I think it's it's so good. There's like the beautiful side of being super self aware, and then there's like the I don't know what the word is. It's not like the downside of being self aware, but it's like almost like the burden you have to carry of like being self aware as you you know what's going on. Like the other day, so this is one of the least one of the qualities that are very much not is judgmental. I'm mm-hmm. very open. That's why I'm almost yep. like the black sheep in my family because I come from a very conservative family. That's like, this is the way is the right way. And I'm very open to everything. And the other day I realized that I was being very judgmental, like so out of character for me. I was talking to my mom and, and I was looking at, um, I was looking at my high school, uh, reunion Facebook group. And I just like said to my mom, like, Ugh, they're not doing anything with their lives. They're not building businesses. They're not getting mm-hmm, jobs. Like mm-hmm. they're just married and they have five kids and blah, blah, blah. And like, that's so not me to come out and be like that. And yeah. she was like, Madeline, she was like, Madeline, that's so, so much purpose in having children and, and you don't need to have a college education, blah, blah, blah. And like, duh, I know this, like this is this, that, that, what she said is like in my bones, I believe that. And I took a step back and after 24 hours, I realized, whoa, I see exactly what I was doing. I was really, really upset that I don't have kids right now with the person I was seeing the last year. And so like, I always wanted, or not always, I use that word a lot and I shouldn't, but I wanted to have a life with this person that our relationship ended. And I realized that I was like, coping with not having what other people are having by putting them down and see that's a really great thing about being self-aware like I didn't just say these comments and then walk out through my day and just like be judgmental I was like whoa I am insecure about not having my own children and I want them like that's the truth maybe not right now but I know that I do and I was putting down other people to to deal with my my pain and and i was able to yes. like tell my mom hey this is what was happening and she's like oh don't worry honey like vent anytime you want and i was like that's thank you i love you um but that's good to know like being able to see and i think that's one of the most beautiful things about being self-aware is like yes. you're still allowed to mess up and to say things that aren't wonderful and enlightened all the time but oh, you, totally. you become enlightened by seeing why you said those things and being able to take a step back and say whoa that wasn't me that was my pain that was my insecurity oh my gosh so much yes and i i've i've been coaching a lot of people on this lately of like where that jealousy comes up or where that kind of that flare of you know if it's anxiety if it's anger if it's you know envy whatever it is and just being able to be like okay what about that do you want like what in this situation are you feeling so protective of your own shit that you're like really like lashing out at someone else because it is there's something in there that you want right like if it's i know people that talk to me all the time about how they don't like the way someone's 
selling, you know? And I'm like, okay. And I totally get it. I don't like really pushy people either. But like, you know, at the same time, like they don't trigger me. Like when I see people selling, you know, their, you know, coaching stuff or their whatever products, I don't feel triggered by it. Um, but that's also because I become more comfortable in selling my own, you know, services. So I'm like, okay, where in this do you really want to be selling? Because that's, you know, that's why it's flaring up. And I just think it's so interesting how, and sometimes that's, sometimes we're not there. So I think being self-aware is wonderful. A lot of times we don't see it until someone holds the mirror back up for us, which is why I think we have jobs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you and I do, which is like the beautiful part about that. And you're, you don't have to figure it all out yourself. Yeah, that's so good. Like the triggers, I think it's, it's, very understandable that at some point in your life, like you are not quite there yet, wherever you're being able to call yourself out on your own triggers, even know that they're triggers. Like I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have, the only reason why I knew I was triggered by that, by that group, that Facebook group was because I was being not myself, which is judgmental. Like that's so not who I am. And it really got me thinking. I was just like, man, that is so strange. Like I haven't felt being judgmental in years. I mean, I'm sure in some level I have watched the show and been like oh my gosh I can't believe that they're living their life like that or something like that but that was just very much in my face and I think that's a beautiful place to start is like yes coaching is having someone being able to reflect back hold a safe space but be able to be a soundboard for what's going on and maybe call you out on some of that bullshit going on Mm -hmm. and and then you get to a place where you you say something you feel something you get triggered by something and then you can slow down and ask yourself the question why why did i feel that way and then you become your own coach in a sense like it's so good to have a coach but then you can coach yourself on a daily basis when stuff comes up instead of just being like, I'm frustrated. I'm mad. I'm annoyed. Blah, blah, blah. And then like leaving it there, you can say, I'm frustrated. I'm mad. And let's ask myself why. Amen. Preach. And I think just like you're saying, you know, our jobs are to really coach people to be their own coaches. Like this isn't therapy. It's not supposed to be ongoing. It's really supposed to be helping you learn the strategies to get out of your own way. And I think that that's beautiful. And I think, you know, you're, so so much of this really is like yeah you're not going to know really what it is i'm sure so many people come to you and just like you know probably even email you being like thinking it's about one thing and really it's about something else and it's because they don't see the connections and it's so hard when you're in it so once again having other people just to talk to even if it's not a coach like i just think it's the most important thing ever Totally. So speaking on coaching, how did you get involved in all this to begin with? I know you have a extensive background with people. Can you share? Mm-hmm. This is normally what we do at the beginning of the episode, but like <laughs> well, we just dove right on it. <laughs> why not do it towards the end? Share yeah. a little bit about how you got to being a life coach. Yeah. So um, I once said I've always been kind of I've always been an observer of people. I always loved to write growing up. I loved like, I thought I wanted to be like a casting director, which is actually really funny now. Cause I'm like, that's a creative outlet of totally what I do like daily, I think. Um, but I studied psychology in undergrad. Well, I kind of landed on it after like changing my major like six times. I was like interior design, journalism, like pre-med. And then finally like psychology, it was crazy. Um, but after college, I got a job at, um, a consulting firm. And so I was an HR consultant essentially. And I, I mean, it's totally the universe. Like I feel like I lucked into it. Like I was hired right out of college and I got to like within six months I was coaching like managers. And so I was put into a coach and they, they paid for all my training, you know, they hired on talent. So it's like, I clearly, and it's just so funny. I'm going to look back. It's like their interview was like, 
how do you like handle people? Like what would people come to you for? And I was like, they come to me to talk for advice. And I'm like, no one's going to hire me by me saying this answer. Like that sounds so like soft, but whatever. Yeah. So I was a consultant for, for five years. And when I started the Instagram, once it was not to build a life coaching business, it was just to, you know, tell me what I needed to hear. But I had people starting to, you know, direct message me. Like, do you, are you, I see you're a coach. Are you taking on clients? And I, you know, just kind of bullshit my way through like, why? Well, yes, I am. So then I created like a pricing sheet when, once someone asked what my prices were and kind of like reversed back into my whole business, like just kind of, you know, bootstrapped it the entire way. So I just left the, my, my, um, old job in end of April. So I've been doing my, it was a side hustle. It grew. And then I've been on my own for the past couple months. What kind of feelings came up for you whenever you took the leap and you gave in your notice and you decided to do this full time? So I think that what there was a little bit of a little bit of fear, but mostly excitement. And here's the other thing. And I think this actually goes back to what we we're kind of talking about with like vulnerability being really subjective. I think like your capacity for risk is really subjective. Um, like for me, I'm really okay with like not knowing where my income is going to come from. I kind of always feel like I'll land on my feet. Like I, I'm okay. Just kind of like, once again, like bootstrapping it, like just kind of figuring it out. So I wasn't that worried. And I'd also, I had been doing it as a side hustle for so long that by that time I had already had like 15 clients and it was at the point where I'm like, I literally feel like I'm working two jobs and I have to quit one of them. And so I think that helped a lot that I already had it built in. But even then I think I have a lot, it doesn't feel that, to me, it doesn't feel like super brave. People are always like, you're so brave. I'm like, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel that brave to me. Other things will feel really brave to me that maybe other people don't feel like is brave for them. But this didn't feel that like crazy just because I have a big capacity for risk. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. I love this. And I, I was having a conversation with someone about this too. It's like, People will say, that's so brave of you to do this, or that's so brave for you to do that. And it's like, mm, well, it's almost like it's in your bones for some people. Like yeah. just the the feeling of, of independence, maybe, of like yes. being in the state of di discomfort. And, and maybe it, it took, maybe it wasn't just from birth, but you had other experiences in life that has got created the feelings of discomfort and you being able to sit in that and get accustomed to that feeling. And, and it's not so scary once you start to face that and create more of that in your life and, and say, thank you universe for that feeling of uncomfortableness. I want some more because I know it also includes growth. Totally. Totally. And I think like, this is where people are just, you know, different. And this is one of my biggest things. And like, I just, everyone is so, so unique. And so for me, like, I don't, like that much structure, especially if it's not efficient or if it doesn't make sense. Like that's why corporate America doesn't really suit me that well, just because if it's a dumb rule, I just don't follow it. <laughs> and like, I just try to like get around it, which I do. I get away with a lot of things because that's the other secret. Act like you know what you're doing and just do what you're going to do. And if it works, then people won't get angry at you. You know, <laughs> like that tends to be, but like, um, yeah, like a, a lot of people thrive in structure. They thrive knowing very clear expectations for themselves and having other people hold them accountable, like other people seeing their work and bigger organizations. Like there's a lot of visibility in there. You get promoted, you get awards. Like I don't have that in my, you know, life coaching business with just me, but I also don't need that because I'm not driven by that. So I think it's all so personal, but that's kind of a tangent. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. That's so good, though. And I want to emphasize what you just said, because 
that's very important. If you act confident in what you are talking about, chances are the person on the receiving end listening is going to believe in that confidence. And this goes mm-hmm. for like having a serious conversation with your dad or yes. coaching a your first client or talking to your coach or talking to your boss or your employee. Yes. If you speak with, with, uh, if you're punctual about what you're saying and you speak with clear, decisive goals or you look someone in the eye or you just appear assertive, it's going to feel so funky the first few times I know, but it makes a huge difference in how people perceive you, how you perceive yourself Yes. It's, it really is like the fake it till you make it, but it's, it's more authentic than that. You'll find it's very authentic feeling whenever you start to speak with power. And I, I just really want people to write that down or something because it, it will change your life when you start to speak in a way that you're not used to speaking in where you're not saying, well, you know, I, I feel like this will, I yes, feel like this will that. work out. I would really like to have, um, this, this project, because I mean, I, I think that I'll do really, like, if you say I will do an excellent job and here is why point A, point B, point C, I would like to present this as something that I will take on in the company, blah, 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 whatever it may be. But when you speak in that way, it makes a huge difference. Yes. Or even like, you know, saying like, I know I can do this really well. Even like, even if you're not that sure, or if you say, I would really like this, I want to try it. If but energy is assertive, right? So saying, you know what? I think I can do this really well. I've never done it, but I'm going to learn. And I just like, I'd love to try. Like if you're, if your energy is saying, give it, give it, give it. You don't even have to be like, I know that beyond a certain, you know, doubt that I can do this. You just have to be like, it's the energy behind it. And I love that you also said, um, like having a conversation like with your dad or with your parents. Like I, I've been seeing this a lot lately when people are being met with parents that don't maybe support their ideas or their decisions. And I'm like, well, how did you approach it? Like, if your energy is questioning it, if you're questioning that decision in the first mm-hmm. place, if we're going into the conversation like nervous about their response, they're not – most of the time, they're not reacting to the actual decision-making. They're reacting to your energy, which is confused. So no wonder they're going to be like, well, you don't seem like you really know what you're doing, so here's my opinion. If, whereas if you kind of come in there and be like, I'd love to know your you know, your feedback's important to me – you know, but I have, I feel very confident in this and I just want to share with you what I'm going through. That's a very different energy. Oh yeah. Especially with our fathers, because with our Mm -hmm. fathers, we almost have like this shrinking complex where the minute we present something to them, we're automatically kind of assuming that we are, we don't have their approval or they're not going to believe us. And it's not to say that they're, this is like, an, an unloving father, like it can be the most loving father ever, but you still want to please your dad. You want to impress your dad. You want totally. to approval. And like, if your dad doesn't approve of something, then you kind of get whipped back into like your six year old self when he said no to something or said you couldn't do it. And and sometimes fathers like just kind of get that way with their daughters because they're, they're, they're women, you know, they're, their child or their children, women or children, babies, like whatever it may be. And they want to protect us and keep us safe, but they, some fathers might have that idea or feeling that they're there. They are the protector always instead of the daughter being the protective of her own life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's hard to put into words. I haven't practiced speaking about this, but it's like a father's daughter complex where the, the daughter is not speaking with confidence out of fear that it won't come. It will come across as fake or phony. And it just takes practice. And, and like you said, it's the energy behind it. 
Uh, I think we, we need to go deeper into that separately just because I think that the father daughter complex obviously is big. And it's, it's just so interesting thinking about my dad. Like my dad's not like disapproving, but I also defer so much to him because he like did so much for me all the, all the time. Like he would kind of take over and like I didn't have, I didn't really learn how to do it. But I also think that's why I don't, in some ways it's benefited me because I'm like some, somewhere, somehow someone's going to be able to help me with this. You know, <laughs> like I always feel like someone will just kind of pick me up if I'm really, down, which I think maybe sometimes doesn't mean that I work as hard in the beginning. But I think at, in other ways, I'm like, well, that's also, I'm, I feel lucky to feel supported, but it's really interesting. Like I just, I, I mean, we could talk forever on that. But yeah. Anyway, it's, <laughs> it's so true. That is important to point out. It's like, there's, there's a really good reason why our dads probably see us as like daughters, daughters, like babies in a sense that need taken care of because they're like my own dad. He's the one that's loaned me money when I have needed it in my Mm -hmm. past. He's the one that's reminded me to get an oil change. He's the one that's been the person I call when my tire blew out on the side of the road. Like he's the go-to man whenever I need help and he comes to the rescue and he saves me. And, and, but there's also a lot of instances in my life where he didn't get a phone call or I, you know, I raised the money myself or here I am living in my dream apartment, having my own business. And he did not believe in that at first. He said, no way. Are you going to be able to do that? Go find a job, go get a suit. Like that was him until I said, you know what, dad, I'm not going to listen to you here. I'm going to do it. And then when I quit my job and I started coaching one-on-one and I created my own business and he saw income was coming in, then he said, if anyone can do it, you can do it. Like then that became his like go-to and then he, then he totally forgot that he ever doubted me. And he says, even from the beginning, he always said I could do it. Um, but he's very, like now yeah. he's very supportive because he saw, like I put my mind to something, I created it. And now he's like, holy crap, you're powerful. You're amazing. I, I cannot believe that you built this on your own. So sometimes it's, it's, it's the reverse. It's, we don't go to them and ask their per- their approval and their um, encouragement for a new idea we have. We go after the idea and then their approval and encouragement comes afterwards because we've shown them that we're confident and we know what we're doing, even if we don't know what we're doing at the beginning. Yeah. And I think what you just said is super important. And I, you know, this actually ties into the whole self-awareness, sometimes like being a little bit too self-aware and we go straight to, sometimes I feel like when you're too self-aware, you go to the negative or you kind of go to those areas where like, you know, things can you get in your way or I don't know, shit's happened in the past. But I feel like with this, if you're going to think about those times where maybe you did defer to, you know, you know, a parent or, you know, a significant other or whatever it is, whatever dynamic we're talking about, if you go there to all the times like maybe you gave away your power, well, you sure as hell need to honor the times that you didn't when you did the work yourself. And I think so often we go straight to like making a list of all those, all the issues where I'm like a lot of times like in my coaching, I, I want to start from the places of all the times like, you know, you did your own shit and it was really successful and make that list like that, make that resume and, and then maybe fill in the other times. Cause most of the time, honestly, the good stuff outweighs the bad stuff. We just forget. That is so true. Like like accomplishing school that's a huge deal like even third grade or seventh grade or 11th grade or passing that test or being there for a friend or ending a relationship when you knew it wasn't healthy like those are all accomplishments or or even not ending the relationship and being the one that was broken up with and broken hearted but moving through it like you should be praised for pretty every single day of life you should be praised for it honestly praise yourself because life is hard and simply getting through the days and 
creating something out of the day and being vulnerable and being open and working on yourself and having self-care and self-love and going to yoga. Like there's a wonderful accumulation, a wonderful list of things that you're doing in your life. And those things should be looked at and, and praised by yourself. So preach. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a beautiful place to wrap it up. But before we go to the quick fire round, where can people connect with you online? Um, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I mainly do all my stuff, and that's We Are Soul Sparks. Um, my website is Kristen Lore, K R I S T I N L O H R, and that I We Are Soul Sparks is also on Facebook. And I need to get because I, I do post there every day. I just don't really put a lot of energy towards that one, but it's still there if you want to connect with me there as well. I don't either. I used to be all about it. Not so much anymore. But I will make sure I have all of those links on the show notes for this episode 171. Now it's time for the quick fire. You know how this goes. Whatever pops in your mind first. Okay. Okay. Number one. <laughs> <I'm> nervous. <laughs> what's a life-changing book for you? Um, Daring Greatly. For some reason in my head, I was like, I bet she's going to say Gifts of Imperfection. But well, close, very close. close. (laughs) What is advice you would give your 15 year old self? Oh my gosh, that you're okay. Mm -hmm. And like, just relax and enjoy it and enjoy. I just want to be like, you were so cute. Like stop being so insecure. Just go do your thing. (laughs) What would your last meal be if you had to choose? A Chipotle burrito bowl. No question. Way to go. I love it. What's a movie that you really relate your life to? Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Huh. What I, okay, in general, the genres that I really like are like indie rom coms that end like kind of unsatisfactorily. Like, uh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> that I love, like, 500 Days of Summer, I love. But like, I it's hate not those really types of movies. I know, I know what people do. And for some reason, I just really like them. And I don't think it's like really like my life, but I don't know why that popped in my head, but we're just going to go with it. I know most people hate them, but I love them. <laughs> I wish I loved them because they are more relatable. Like, you leave like the theater kind of confused and kind of feeling unsettled, but it's like, that's kind of what life can be like. I mean, they're pretty spot on with a lot of, oh God, I just want to stop thinking about it though. Like they just bring me like those vibes. I know. And it's kind of hipster. So whatever. Sorry. (laughs) If you had a ship, what would you name it? Oh gosh. Oh, see, I, this is, these are hard for me because I think I, I, I think way too long on them and it's like, this is where my perfection comes out. I like literally have no idea. I have no idea. Okay, so pass. I like it would be a pun of some sort, but then it would I would it would take me days to figure it out. Yes, okay, I'll pass. well then just let me know if it comes back to you in the middle <laughs> okay. of the night in five days. Um, if you were stranded on an island, what three items would you bring? I think I would bring. I would probably bring a course in miracles because that would probably have you read that? I was planning on buying that like last week, but I, I haven't, I've read some of it. I had it on a Kindle, but I want to get an actual copy of it, but I get the so book, intimidated. I like, I like the, well, it's like, it's, it kind of like, it feels like it's almost like the Bible, but like, mm-hmm. it's just like all the good stuff from the Bible, like everything good. Um, and I think that would just like really get me through some tough shit if I was stranded on an Island. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there'd be that. Um, no phone. Uh, That's the only thing you can't bring. Yeah, I was like, I just want my podcasts. <laughs> like, if I could just, like, bring my podcast. So, theoretically, it's, I would bring it's okay. Podcasts. You can bring podcasts. Um, and I would bring, 
I would bring, huh? I was like going to say like water, but like, you know. You could bring like, like the, a device that can like somehow turn ocean water. Yes. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. It's a good collection. <laughs> Are you earth, air, fire, or water? I'm earth. Oh, you're earthy. Okay. Yeah. Last question. If you had a spirit animal, what would it be and why? Yes. I love this question. Um, I think it would be, well, my favorite, I always say like an otter just because it also makes me think of, um, Harry Potter and Hermione's Patronus was an otter and I loved it. And so I just think they're so cute too. And they like keep little pet rocks and I think they're adorable. So I would say an otter. <laughs> That's really cute. <laughs> I forget about the pet rock thing. That's it's adorable. so cute. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Kristen, so much for coming on the podcast. I feel like this was one of the best episodes I've done in quite a long time. So thank you for your... Yeah, I love how deep we got there and how vulnerable and open and sharing we became. I know. I know. It was great. Well, Maddie, like we're just like, I, I, it's always so fun. And like, obviously I get this from like my podcast when you're on the same like level and you're just like kind of like shooting the shit. It's the best. So thank you so much for having me. <laughs> you are so welcome. I will have to have you on again. Everyone, yes. if you want to check out her amazing Instagram and her website, you can get all of those links on the show notes for episode 171 with Kristen Lore. And while you're there, if you have not yet downloaded the free audio guide I have on my website for Pillars of Femininity for Perfectionists. You can get that there, and I will see you guys next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.